Welcome to the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. I'm Skylar Sokol. Name's Anthony Nicolosi. And today we're recording our first podcast ever. Um, the title's going to get better at some point, I promise. But today we're going to be talking about game experiences. What yeah. Do you, what do you think about that? Um, first, I think, to be clear, what we're talking about with experiences here, we're talking about... We're not necessarily talking about uh, the experience of you're going to a midnight release for a game, uh, the experience of uh, whatever, you stayed up all night playing with your best friends and had a sleepover or something. We're talking about the experiences, the gameplay experiences. Uh, so, you know, different moments within the game that made us feel a certain way, experience a certain something. We, I think what we... Uh, that, well, at least definitely what I want to talk about, what we want to talk about is um, what the what the goal of a game is, that the games elicit these experiences out of us, not... Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, what, what kind of experiences have you had in the past that make you really feel like it, that was like what defined the game for you, basically? So... I don't know if this experience like defines the game for me, but uh, it was definitely like my favorite, probably my favorite game experience of all time, my favorite ever. And it's a uh, it's a moment that happens in the level Delta Halo and Halo Two. So to kind of set it up, people who have played the game maybe will recognize it just if I just say what part it is. But uh, the way Delta Halo starts is. You, as the UNSC, you, you find out there's another Halo, so in the first Halo you blew it up, and this is the level kind of where you realize, like, oh my gosh, there's another Halo, whatever, there's another Halo that we need to deal with, and, you know, the ODSTs and Master Chief all get dropped on in, uh, onto the ring and drop pods, and you basically start kicking ass. And this whole level, uh, I just recently replayed it on the Master Chief collection, and um, I'll... I'll talk through the level real quick, and I'll talk about the experience I had. I can still remember very vividly the experience I had when I was 13, like that very initial moment. Uh, I can still like taste the goldfish in the back of my teeth, like <laughs> and the smell of the clean carpet. Uh, but um, playing it again also gave me another perspective on this whole experience. This whole level is kind of set up as this. Uh, the setup to this part is important, which is why I'm mentioning this. But um, like the whole level has this kind of you're kicking ass, you know, all over. I mean, you're always kicking ass as chief, but you're you drop down in a kick-ass kind of way, busting out of the drop pod with a rocket launcher. Like, definitely the intention is to whoop. But the whole level has this. Uh, I I personally feel that the way that the music, especially, communicates the tone in tandem with like the gameplay design and what you're actually doing uh, is pretty cool. Um, how does what, how does that happen? So, you know, I I can I, I can play on my phone. Yeah, it just kind of repeats this cool. thing and then cool. finishes off with like a dun 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 and then finishes. Okay. Um, but the point being that this is just Halo. The original trilogy of Halo does this really well in several parts, but it's that's probably not the music you'd expect when being described the scene just on paper, right? Like you land as a badass to kick ass with a rocket launcher. Then you have this song, so like this, like dainty, fluttery like sort ding, of ding, yeah, ding, like staccato hits. Yeah, it's kind of right? like it also has a 
like cool it's like a playful sort ofness to yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Right? That's the that's the impression I got from it too. And uh it the way I liked I feel like the way it made me feel makes me feel when I play that like play, the, all so that whole that sequence and then the rest of the Delta Halo level that leads up to uh this moment I'm about to describe has this kind of a thing like you land with a rocket launcher to kick ass peril plays then after this you go into like this little area where you kill out some covenant extend this forerunner bridge to cross the other side and your tanks dropped for you and the music that plays there is again like it's like congo drum uh congo drums i that's not the word, right word. You know what I'm talking about, like djembe kind of a thing. Oh, like, bum, sure. Okay. Like bongos is what I'm thinking. Okay. <laughs> uh, and so again, like still has a good rhythm and everything, but kind of playful. Right. But you it's, are... It's still like very staccato. Like those drums are very staccato sounding drums. It's still not this like long orchestral like... Right. It's Epicness. Like a, it's... Yes, exactly. Interesting. Uh, so the, it, it kind of... I, there's also, I feel like, a little bit of a sneakiness to that, like that one we just listened to, like like a mischievousness, how, how, yes, almost? yes, yeah. And uh, this whole kind of level has this, like, you, and it's sort of the premise: you land by surprise to sort of to surprise the Covenant, kick their ass, and the music does this. I think what another thing it accomplishes is you just really feel like in control of the situation, right? It's so playful that you're like. I'm just going to whoop everyone's ass. Like, I'm so good, kind of a thing, is sure. how it empowers you. No, totally, right? It's like it's like the idea that, like, you don't even need epic music because this is, like, yeah, so like easy for you, yeah. basically. Right. Yeah, that, and that's really... That's an interesting perspective to take because a lot of games, at least in my experience, push this, like, really epic music at these scenes that they're like, you need to feel like this is epic, right? Exactly. And this is sort of like a... Like a side approach to that, where it's like, well, actually, like I can evoke this epic experience by, like, making you feel almost like, like you said, like it's a joke, which is no, yeah, like very different, I think. And the so one thing I think, like in other games, I agree with what you said. Uh, some other games, I think, are also the original Halos had a very um, vicarious sort of way of. Like Master Chief is really experiencing a kind of like he's like a very he's a character that kind of like isn't meant to be experienced in this like vicarious sort of way where you, what do you mean by that? like you he's like a shell that you fill in yes okay. uh, if, mm-hmm. if that makes sense and uh, it again it's like in the other ones it's maybe like more like you are interacting with a narrative kind of a sure. thing and this one is more like it's you and the way that the music and like I'll explain later like some the way some of the gameplay elements work like the AI of the enemies and stuff makes and and the AI of like the marine guys who are there with you um, make like really all kind of work in harmony to make you elicit a mood out of you the player instead of like paint the environment more you know what i mean it's not like like instead of using the music to like flesh out the setting it like is like turned back in at you it's like what what the internal soundtrack would yes, be for yes, the player rather yes. than what like the external soundtrack for like the movie that someone yes. was watching would be almost, exactly is what it sounds that's like that's exactly right? what it is and 
That's the, a cool take. The the I think the original Halo trilogy does that really well, and then I mean like the the basically the Bungie era games does that really well. Um, do that really well. Um, so there's that sequence at the beginning. There's the tank sequence, um, and there are some moments in between where. So I, so when you finish the tank sequence, there's this part that you there's like a big covenant. Sorry, it's a big ancient forerunner structure that you get out of the tank and start moving through and you have like close quarter combat with the Covenant for a while. So you move from like vehicular combat to this. Um, so from the moment, I was talking about the bongo drums song. Yes. Um, and I don't know off the top of my head what that, that particular song was, but I can find it. But um, from that moment, after you finish the tank sequence, music stops. So it's silent. Okay. Right. Um, and I think it's important because this, this, there's this buildup that happens when you enter into this close quarters part where right before you enter, the pelicans from Halo, the dropships, they drop you some ammunition and um, they also drop some marines. Okay, So this is important because like the marines are really vocal. Uh, I mean, they're always vocal in Halo when you're close to them, but especially during this part. They're prominent because the music goes away, but when I paid attention to this last time when I played it, was... The, the banter, their banter there kind of carries on this playful, badassery feeling. Like, they say things, like, I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember what it is, but more or less along the lines of, like, to the Covenant, like, we're gonna fuck you up, Chief's here, you know, like, and, like, just whatever, take that, blah, 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 and, like, playful. Uh, you give them a rocket launcher, thank you so much, sir, <laughs> So, you, it, it continues this, like, you feeling... Um, empowered, cool. Like even though the music kind of went away from like from communicating that, even though there was Marines in, different, in the earlier parts as well. But anyway, I thought that was interesting because you cl- you clear out this like close quarters po- uh, part, and you get to this point. This is the moment that I'm about to ex- that I call the in amber clad moment because it's the name of the the song, the soundtrack song that plays during this, but. And this is what you would refer to as the actual, the, the actual experience. experience part. So okay. I realized playing through it that the setup, I think, was a big part of it. Interesting. Okay. So, like, you had this, like, playful buildup. Yes. But this next part that comes is, um, it goes further. Because the way it starts is so you finish, like, a close quarters. It's like a internal part of a temple-y thing with, like, the, sea, the, the sun is coming down, meaning the sky. The sky is exposed, but it's still, like, close quarter. You beat it. You come to this passage in the rock. And in front of in front of you, like, when the checkpoint hits, you just see, like, a waterfall. So immediately the aesthetics start to become, like, pretty. You know, like, it's pretty. The whole level's pretty, but, like, it's very distinctly, like, uh, intentionally there to elicit, like, oh, that's pretty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, ta- you turn the corner, and there's a jackal sniper who's walking away from you. Like, just asking to get punched in the back, and he'll die automatically. So you do, right? Like, you punch him in the back, you take the sniper, and you are now overlooking this, like, really pretty canyon that has, like, paths going down over here, over there, like, winding paths throughout that you can already see from that vantage point, right? Mm -hmm. There's an elite that's, like, patrolling down one of these angles. There's a jackal sniper... Um, which is actually another thing I'll mention here, but like Jackal Sniper patrolling over here. So you like, right away you see enemies. Mm-hmm. 
and you have like this element of surprise again like uh the whole mischievous and sneaky thing was so like whatever and right before this sequence starts and the music comes on cortana even says something along the lines of like you always take me to pretty places or something and then this music comes on which is this like uh i don't i don't know off the i don't think i know off the top of my head what chord it is but like it's it is distinct from the peril in that it's more ambient uh it's got more ambient chord progression that it sets up like do 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 and then this bass comes in like do 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 so it's like it it sets it up beautifully just as you see it kind of a thing and then it like brings in the let's kick some ass kind of a thing sure yeah, starts yeah. with the bass then the drums come in with the guitar right. that play the same like harmonic melody it's like this is the this is the serious part like you just got through the yeah the fun part and here's like the the serious part yeah and it's 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 serious but the way it makes you feel is like it's time to really kick some ass that, that, you know yes, what i mean exactly what i mean yes. um still the whole like kind of internal thing like yep. it doesn't feel serious like I mean, serious, like, you're getting serious. Yeah, like, like we're getting serious. Mm -hmm. So, the way this part works, too, is, like, you do have some um, sight lines from where you are. You kill them. But enemies will spawn in, like, the caves that are there as you progress through this little canyon. And specifically, like, when you drop down immediately, there's another little pathway underneath a little ridge. You land. There's, like, a jackal or two. You clean up. And it triggers these drone enemies, which are these flying guys, come out. And you take... You take care of them. Like I said, there's snipers that are upon, like spawning around, elites, blah, blah, blah. One thing, and it just, this during this whole time in Amber Clad's playing, and you just like feel like a total badass. Like, sure. just Because uh, I mentioned the Jackal Sniper earlier, but um, some of the hardest enemies actually in Halo 2 are part of this sequence. The Jackal Snipers are like infamous for being, especially on Legendary, like a total pain in the ass. Drones are tough, like they're kind of annoyingly tough, but they're tough. So meaning, by the end of the sequence, like, you've kicked a lot of ass. There's elites you beat up, blah, blah, blah. But the other thing I, I mentioned, so when I, when I played it originally, that's how I felt. Like, you, just like a total badass, it was like, uh, it was sort of a climax of what the setup was setting up. The setup of, like, the previous parts of the level we're setting up, right? Sure. Well, let's talk about that for a bit before yeah. you go on. Um, so, why do you feel like this, this like, epic moment was... M do you feel like it was more effective? Because you, you described the setup in so much detail that it seems like it's very important to you. Why do you think that setup was so important for this moment being so valuable? Like, why couldn't this moment just happen, happen. from, like, silence and then we get this moment... What would what, what it have been less effective, do you feel like? Yeah, well, so I think that if this moment happened standalone, it happened, what it would feel like is like you were intending this to be a stealth sequence kind of a thing. Like, that, because that's how it's laid out. There's another level in Halo 1 that you start off, it's, it's sort of like what you're describing, is like, what if you started off here? Where you start off in a part where you... Um, have a sniper it's night and you like clear out some things before you go up into this uh, uh, what's the tractor beam up into the covenant ship and it's another it's a similar thing you come you start at this like beautiful place and uh, the 
the music kicks on when you start firing and whatever. I feel like it would feel more like that. Like, that this was intended to be a little bit more like a stealth thing. Not, uh, uh, not like I just kicked so much ass and it's time to kick more ass kind of a thing. Meaning, like, the, the setup communicated you were riding on badass feeling like a badass and so when you saw that opportunity it felt at least to me more like time to really kick some ass uh whereas i think that if i think if i would have started it right there it'd been more like time to be sneaky interesting okay Um, cool so yeah uh i think also the, like I was saying before, the whole level is very aesthetically pretty, mm-hmm. and that makes that also sets a tone. Like your the art style is really communicating a pleasing as, aesthetic. Like you feel like you're in a pretty place the whole time, mm-hmm. and so when you get there, it feels like it, it, it's again capitalizing on the things that it's been building up like this is the most pretty part in a way sure even though maybe somebody would say the next part's more pretty but um cool yeah so i i think this setup sort of almost like tells you how you to feel yeah there i got you yeah and, and then you come out into this like crazy experience yeah that yeah i and, like that sorry did that answer like what you're yeah um yes or what were you thinking no that that answers it um yeah um, and then, so in this part, another thing that I realized while playing is, uh, um, that these paths that I'm talking about, these canyons and whatever, by, of, of course, once you play it more times, like you'd kind of have a different route you're going to take. But I think when you first, when you play it first, there's certain pathways that seem more appealing. So you're more inclined to take them. Like there's a ridge to the right that you kind of want to drop into. It makes sense too from where you're at. If you just drop this way, you're like really falling down a waterfall. So it's like kind of naturally sort of guiding you that way. And when you do that, if you kind of follow this trajectory, one thing I notice is you end up like landing behind enemies and stuff like that, which makes them like like the jackals will put their hands up and run away right, it sets you up Grunts for will, like, these badass moments yeah. where you're like oh yeah I like I'm doing this r-, like you're doing it right even yes. though it's very clearly set up for you to do it right yes. if you if you just follow the intended path also cause like this jackal I'm talking about like he if there's a marine that engages with him uh-huh. if you have marines around there's marines that are there with snipers at the previous so assuming you keep them alive like they'll drop down and they'll fight him so it's like you drop down and they got scared of you. You know what I mean? Right. Kind of, which is even more like that, like what you're just saying. So th- there's there's this like hyper lethal secret agent kind of a feel to it. It's yeah. like what you feel like. Uh, so yeah, when I was 13 playing, I definitely remember moving out of this space and being like, that was so like fucking awesome. Like, and like goosebumps kind of right. awesome, you know? So yeah, and. So do you think it was more, like, in retrospect, you, like, recognized, like, wow, that was an amazing experience because you were so, like, deeply into it while it was happening? What do you mean? Like, what do you mean in, in retrospect? Like, I... Well, because you're saying, like, after it ended, you were, you were like, damn, that was, like, really cool. Yeah. Um, so, but do you feel like you noticed it, like, when it started? Like, when that music came in? Were you, like... Definitely. Like, to some extent. Like, I think that 
as soon as the music started, it felt awesome. I don't know if maybe I just react strongly to music in sure. that way. Right. Um, but also, the rest of the experience didn't break that, I guess. Right. It like can, was stayed that way for so long, so yeah. you didn't even have a chance to really think like, wow, like this is already epic because it was just like just hitting you the whole time with like how immersed you were in it it seems like right right like and you get to the end and the immersion like breaks a little bit and you're like wow yeah because the way that part and it, which is interesting too the way it ends is there's like a few last enemies that are like well, the first time i played i remember is like an elite behind some like covenant like boxes um you hide behind some covenant boxes the elite's like over there i think there's a tree or something and you kill him and there's like a crevice you move through to get out of this space um and when you get close to there, the music actually stops. Mm-hmm. So, like, that, that melody wraps up, the Ian Amber Clad one, um, which was kind of looping up to that point. So, it, it was like a, you, like, breathed out, and you're like, that was sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. And you walk through here, and you walk through the opening, and the next space, I won't go into, like, explaining the whole level, but uh, yeah, I think. The, the next, the way it, like, fit, wraps up is that, there's a new, you come out to a new space that overlooks a really bunch of structures and whatever. And again, the music comes across as just like two, I think it's only two or three like ambient notes that, chords that he plays that have kind of a, like a uh, Lord of the Rings, Elves Place Night kind of a feel like. Uh, to find, I'd have to find it to like really communicate it to you, but like serene almost, but a little mm-hmm. mysterious kind of. And it's only those three notes, and then there's silence, and it's a sniping, sniping sequence. Mm-hmm. So again, it like um, you know, like it, it it shifts the tone away from the badass where you just felt. It's almost like the badass stuff kind of like came to a climax there, and there's mm-hmm. a little bit of a let's chill out. So anyway. Um, Without a doubt, that's my favorite experience in a game. Um, the first time I played it, and then going every time I play it back, I really enjoy it. Um, even though I see it from a different perspective with like these game design, I didn't think all that stuff when I was thirteen. Uh, so anyway, that's that's an experience that comes out for me. But I think it's really interesting that I think it's an important point to note because you spoke about the things you remembered externally from the game when you first start talking about this experience when you were 13 um but what's important and what i think is an important focus for this conversation is that the experience within the game was enough on its own that going back to it later in a different scenario still provided like this this, the same thing right and i think the most powerful game experiences in, in sometimes at least can provide that even on repeated play um yep yeah i don't know if it's related to like you know like the brain registers memories on emotions and sure stuff. well there could be some sort of nostalgic value but yeah even beyond that i would hope and, and but i can think of some experiences for me that would be like that like with with like a surprise being the main one of the main like rev, like positive things that come out of that experience that could be lessened in a way in a future return right because you already know the answer to the surprise whereas it sounds like this experience is crafted in such a way that like that was only a very small element of the experience the like surprise of it sure which i think is cool it seems like a a very like fully crafted experience with a lot of different elements coming in to make it this like 
Yeah, no, I what don't. it was. Going back and looking at it, like I said, that's what I even more think yeah. now. Like, I, at least that's what I think. Maybe if you ask the bungee guys, they're like, it was an accident, but I don't think so. Like, it seems pretty intentional. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's like that. That whole thing was my favorite. Yeah. What's your favorite? <laughs> no, wait, you can find out on the next podcast. <laughs> uh, okay. I think I know what it is, and so try not to spoil. So think in thinking about this, I thought about I thought three specific experiences that are extremely memorable for me. Um, I don't remember experiences in the same way that you do very clearly from how you described that, because I don't even think if I tried, I could explain it and either any of these experiences in that much detail. Um, at all. And I don't think it would be valuable for me from like why those experiences were valuable to even do that. Yeah. So I don't know. For me, the like most significant experiences are these very small moments. Like very, very small moments. Um, the, um, the first one, which I'm only going to talk about briefly because uh, it's a mega spoiler for the very end of Bioshock Infinite, which is my favorite, like, my favorite single-player game of all time, um, is Anthony's never played any Bioshock games, and he deserves will, to be shamed though. publicly I for will, it. I will, though. But, um... I was too busy playing Halo 2. But for me, <laughs> and I think a lot of people would say that maybe Bioshock 1 for them was a better experience and that the end was, like, a crazier experience for them, but for me it was Bioshock Infinite, and I don't really know why I haven't... I haven't really figured out why I loved Bioshock Infinite so much, especially because it's way more controversial than Bioshock 1, which, like, everyone agrees is amazing. Um, but... The end... Of Bioshock Infinite, the whole like last like fifteen twenty minute sequence where you get the like final wrap of the plot, like I love so many parts of that experience. And maybe in a future podcast after Anthony's seen it, I'll talk about it in in a lot more detail. But the one moment I want to talk about that was like so memorable for me. If I think back to like that game, this moment is literally the thing I remember the most of anything in that game. Um, which is the very, very end, like literally the last five seconds of the game, this thing happens. Super significant thing that I'm not going five to say. Five seconds? Literally five seconds? Ten seconds, maybe. Okay. Uh, this thing happens, and this music starts as the thing is happening, and it's these here. I can, I'll play you this um, so you can hear the music, without, and it won't spoil anything, which is beautiful. <laughs> Planned this out this way. That's the end of the game. Uh, and so that those that like piano sequence is like one of like my favorite game memories because this like tense thing has been building up so much through these last like 20 minutes with all of these crazy things having these crazy reveals like you go through all these different set pieces and then you get to this like final moment where this the climax of the game happens and then there's just like this like the only music left is just like the, these piano hits that um what's happening each time the piano gets hit is like this significant event and then the screen goes black before the last one hits and that's like the end of the game and just like after seeing that the first time I, it, it just like produced this like crazy like emotion for me that was just like wow like this it, it just felt like everything wrapped up so nicely from that that perspective and 
it's hard for me to describe without spoiling the whole game, so maybe it's not valuable to even talk about this one in that much detail. So let me move on to a different experience I can talk to you about that is probably better, and maybe we'll take that one out. Before you do, like, do you, would you be interested in knowing what I imagined was happening? Sure, like, yes. Just because of the music, and I got some of the sounds, right, yes. of what was going on. Like, um, the music was, the piano part was, right. I would call it more like tragic feeling. Yes. Okay. Um, and there are sounds of somebody muffled in water, right? So, like, thinking, like, well, I don't know, maybe, like, the protagonist, a person the protagonist cares about is, like, drowning or you're suffocating somebody or you're almost suffocating, like, su- suffocating I'm sorry, not suffocating, drowning. Sure. <laughs> drowning, yeah. Uh, and that uh, then you hear a breath. Like, so it's it's hard to say, like, maybe you survived, like you were going to drown and you survived, like, kind of like Sea of Thieves, you have the similar stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and so, like, the, tra- the way it ends is hopeful is the sound, right? Right, it's interesting, right? Because it begins in this very, like, ominous minory sounding yes. like piano hits and then it like slowly ascends to this very like it doesn't feel like it it like resolves like in a major yeah. key almost yes. way right yeah like yep yep um and so yeah my impression is like it begins with some kind of more tragic ominous moment that resolves into it's hard to say because like uh with the little bit of context that I have on Bioshock, I could also see how that's played reverse in reverse. And so I'll have to play to find out, but meaning like they're intentionally manipulating that, like the ominous sounding part and the happy ending is not really a happy ending. Well, like, I think, I think you're keying in on a very important insight for how, why this is so significant, right? Because this music like perfectly outlines the fact that like this thing that happens is a very mixed thing. Sure. No, right? I hope there's so much about it that is like negative and bad and so much of about it that's like really good and really positive. And I think you picking up on like the shift from the minor key to the major key is super important because I think that is like an exact personification of why this is so significant of a moment for me. I hope. Because it, it really encompasses the emotion of the entire situation like perfectly. Oh, I hope the Bioshock devs somehow see this see that this was the way I interpreted that like cause right, I mean cause when you're, you're developing you know it, nothing right? about it when yeah. you're developing and when you're designing it you that's intentional it's just like kind of like similar to the Halo thing before the, from a musical standpoint like, yes right and this is a cutscene so like yeah of course everything is intentional right so um Anyway, I just thought, like, that's what I kind of thought totally, listening yes. to that. That's awesome, and that actually helped me, like, better understand why it was so significant for me, too. Yeah. No, it, so I'll, I'll have to play it. But you, yes. you're going to say another one. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's my Bioshock experience. Um, I, I wish I could talk about it more because there's so many elements to that whole thing we that are significant. But, yeah, we're, we're just going to have to do a whole podcast on, like, the last 20 minutes of Bioshock Infinite because there's so much to talk How about. How much? Is there Bioshock 1, 2, and Infinite? You don't have to play 2. I didn't play 2. 2 really? sucks. Well, I, there's a lot of people who think 2 is good, but 2 was not nearly as appealing to me as, as 1 was, or Infinite was. Okay. Um, so I would say if you play 1 in Infinite, you'll be a happy boy. And 1 only nothing? takes like 8 apps. No, no, no. There's no story. Infinite is completely independent from Bioshock 1. Ooh. Yes. So do I have to even play 1? Yes, you should play 1. Okay. 
Just because one, one, Bioshock one is amazing, and two, there is some callbacks. Okay, there are some callbacks. No callbacks to two. As far as I know, no. But I didn't play. But it's widely regarded as not as good. Um, But I should probably play through it because maybe it has. Maybe I would like it considering it's like my favorite game series. So, um, so I'm going to talk about a different experience. Okay. Um, I would like to talk about experience from The Last of Us. Um, Okay. PS4 zombie. I know. Yeah, I know a lot. You've never played it either, right? No. And thanks. We gotta get you in some ga- good games, my friend. I'm busy making it. Um, the Last of Us. So, the concept of The Last of Us, basically, is that there's this child girl named Ellie who is, like, uh, who basically is alone in this, like, zombie apocalypse world, and she meets this guy named Joel, and he's, like, this, like, disgruntled old dude whose family was killed by people trying to kill zombies. And, like, so, like, he's, like, pissed and he the last thing he wants to do is like deal with like having a child around yeah um and their relation really this game is like their relationship is like literally the whole point of the game and the fact that it's about zombies and the zombie apocalypse is all just like a a foil for experiencing what their character development is okay um and so this part i'm gonna talk about is the draft the draft scene Okay. Of The Last of Us, which, if like, I guarantee you any person who's ever played this game, like, knows this scene. Um, and, like, this, I really liked this game the whole time I was playing through it, but, like, when this scene happened, that was, like, when it went from being, like, a really good game to, like, one of the best games that I've ever played for me. Okay. Um, and the reason is because basically what happens in the scene is you've, like, just gone through all this, like, dark, dingy, like, horrible, like, sewage area, fighting these zombies, like, these stealth dark sections with these, like, super, like, crazy zombies who, if they, like, hear you, they, like, scream and, like, attract, like, like this crazy right. section that's, like, super tense, super dark, not, like, pretty, no, none of that, and you you get through that, and you, like, get to this building, this area you've been trying to get to for so long, this university, I think, and, um, like I said, the details yeah, yeah, yeah. for me yeah. are so much less clear, it's, sure. it's, like, just, like, this one moment that is like what resonates with me. And so what happens is you come out of this area and you go into this building and like it's a little better lit. It's not like totally like yep. dark and spooky and tense anymore. Um, but still like Ellie gets up to the top and she has to like drop you a ladder so you can get up there. You're and Joel? You're Joel, yeah, you okay. play the guy. Okay. And she like sets up the ladder so that you can get up and, you, and then she like runs away and she's like, and you climb up this ladder and as you walk forward, she's like, oh, what was that? And you, like, see out the window this, like, shadow go by. Um, and there's, like, a little bit of, like, ominous music um, a bit. And you, like, keep walking, and then she's like, oh, look. And you, when, by the time you get there, because she's, like, right ahead of you, you can't see what it is, or you see, like, a tiny glimpse of it. And then you, f- you get, finally get to this point where you, like, walk around. And the area, after you go up this ladder, you see out the window there's, like, grass and trees, which is, like, very rare in this game. You don't really see, like, yep. wildlife or foliage. So already there's, like, this, like, already, oh, this yeah. place is really different. Than what also from what you just went through, which was really dark. Right, exactly. And this, and this is, like, the prettiest anything has been in the game. From, like, a wildlife, like, foliage, like, trees, color perspective. Is the basically. other part, like, the ugliest? Uh, Maybe? I, I'm tr- I, it's hard for me to remember okay, exactly fine. which part yeah, was just, right before, just, but yeah, it's, like, it is, like, very... The contrast is very clear. Yeah. And you keep going, and eventually you, like, turn this corner, and there's just, like, a giraffe there. 
It is like very, very well like rendered giraffe. That's just like they're eating leaves that are like basically you're on this like top floor on this floor and like the wall is like broken out. So there's like no wall and there's just like you know like the cracks of the border like on the edge and there's this giraffe's like head leaning in eating these leaves that are like growing on the side of this building essentially. Cool. And the there like this music starts. There's like, this beautiful like really pretty music and you look at this giraffe and you like interact with it and then it like stops eating it. Then Joel like. And it's very significant, too, because Joel is, like, this super serious, like, kind of grumpy guy, and even, like, he is very clearly affected by this situation. He, like, approaches the giraffe and, like, interacts with it and, like, pets it, and, like, it's it's just a very, this is, like, a huge defining moment that's, like, oh, wait, maybe, like, there's a lot more, there's more heart to him than he's willing to let on, and he, like, can't even control it at this point because they've been through something so tense to have something like so beautiful happen is so significant for him. Mm-hmm. And then this giraffe like moves away and runs away and you crap, you Ellie like runs to like follow and watch the giraffe and she like encourages you to follow and you follow. And then you eventually go to this like outcropping. That's like this balcony with these railings and they both lean on these railings and out like in this big open, like grassy field are there. There's like six, like 10 giraffes like moving around eating stuff and the game like puts you in this like camera state where basically Joel's just like leaning on this railing with Ellie both leaning there and they're just watching and like you're just there like sitting like you can stop him from doing it but like basically it just puts you in this position where you're just there like with them basically just like watching these giraffes and like I found myself watching it for like a long time because there's like this really nice music playing and it's just like a the like such a catharsis after like yeah. so much tension to be like wow like I don't know it. It, I would say it's probably one of the most immersed I've ever felt in a game to like feel like I just wanted to sit there and watch because like I had just been through the experience they sure. had been through. It's not something I personally experience very often. Yeah. Um, I'm usually like very on the border of immersion when it comes to like story games like this. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. That's like what that experience is like. So like you know you just saying it, I create a picture in my head. Yeah. Probably a little bit based off of like the Denver Zoo because that's the zoo I go sure. to. Well, you're not uh, at a zoo too, right? Like it, okay, it looks like it could building. be the remnants of maybe there was a zoo outside where these giraffes are, but it could just be that they like found their way here because there are sure. still trees and food to eat. Yeah. No, so so there's no reason. Basically, there's no reason you would ever expect to like see a giraffe at this moment, and I think that like is a huge element too. That's just like what like not only are you seeing wildlife, but it's like a very exotic animal that you basically would never see in the wild. And it's clear it came from a zoo because you're in America. Yeah. Right? But, like, it's not it, It's not meant to be in a zoo anymore. It's just, like, wild. Like, these a- giraffes are now living wild in this environment because things have gotten so, so crazy. So crazy, yeah. right. So, what's the color palette during this part? where it w- Well, so the up? building is just, like, a like yeah, normal building-y building. color, like, grayish well, What does outside look like? The outside's, like, in the distance, you see, like, the, the like, the crappiness of like this demolished city looking thing but then like in this little like oasis almost there's like this really bright green grass and these bright green like leaved trees and then these giraffes which are like this yellow and black you know color so the backdrop is great in a way um i mean we we can look really quick no it's just again like this is interesting um go ahead how Keep talking, and I'll show you this. I see. Oh, no, but this is still... Okay, so... Um, 
Well, I was going to say, I'm happy I'm, I'm watching this footage live yes. here. Uh, because the way the sun and everything comes down and the uh, hue on the lighting here, there's still a warmth to it. Um, because right. what I was going to tell you is in my head, the way I pictured what you were describing, this is actually relatively well, close. it's warm so... F- right, but like right yeah, before right this, here. it wasn't warm anymore. And then it just, it just like starts becoming warm, right? And then yep. it's just like a, a hint of warmth. And then you're going through this, like, glass, and there's this warmth Very out the cool. window. So, yeah, it's cool because, like, I was... The way... And then here's the part. Right in here, you go back into the staircase that's, like, super dark and dingy and, like... Yeah, but difference? Music, right? Yes. The music's there. Imagine if that was silent again. Right. You might feel concerned, maybe? Like, going back in there, like, okay, Ellie's gonna get springed on when I come right. out of here. Yeah, see, and then you just go to this outcropping. You can lean against it. So the sun kind of... What I was going to say is the way you described it felt very warm, like you're saying peaceful, blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking, like, the the colors, the the way the imagery was in my head, I was thinking, like, I wasn't... Didn't picture the city in the background because I didn't have that context, but um, sort of a sunset-y kind of a thing. Right. And uh, it's cool, right? Like how... How these things make us feel a certain way, right? Because if 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 you take away that warmth and the hue of the lighting there, and it's like cold, like the city, like it's it's still peaceful. But um, I wonder if the music needs changes there, like because it's maybe communicating something else, right? Um, I recently read like that visual storybook. I'm spacing the author's author's name, but you should totally check it out. If uh, uh, it's a, it's a really cool book uh, on how visual components are used to elicit emotions. And based off of everything you told me, I had an imagery in my head that in some ways lined up to that. So totally. Well, yeah. Like the contrast. That's like the brightest the game has been. Like the entire yeah. game, like right there. Yeah. Right. So like. So, and where is that in the overall part of the game? Like. Probably like halfway, and maybe a little more. What about if we think from like a term from our our man Jesse Shell, <laughs> the interest curve? Like if is it like a part where the the plot is building? You've kind of recently hit a climax, or like I it's hard for me to remember the, okay, the total fine. curve that's of the fine. game, but I, from what I remember, the plot basically just builds the whole. I mean, the whole well, thing. so this is like a goal, right? You've just like this place you get to is like the place okay. you've been trying to get to for this whole long time okay that's so cool. it's very much like a climax you, yeah okay cool i think if i remember correctly sure but but yeah that was like yeah that experience and it's funny because once again right like that experience was this one moment for me right and granted the setup mattered but like it's just that one like when you walk around the corner and there's the draft there and the music starts like that was it yeah i mean i can't like speak for you for sure but it seems like the way you described the freaky part that happens right before in some ways that contrast like in music right when you like intentionally i don't i remember the term but when you intentionally use like chromatic dissonance yes to set up a prettiness after Mm -hmm. or like something more satisfying after right Um, no totally i that's it's totally this contrast matters and it seems like a parallel between both of our experiences, and even just the short thing we talked about Bioshock, was that this contrast mattered a lot. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's like a big insight, right? That for these really, really effective experiences, like, 
you have to know what you are experiencing instead of something else, right? It can't just be like standalone. It really matters where it's placed in a larger yeah. picture. Yeah. Um, no, I hear you. I get what you, Yes, I agree. It's needs to really be like intra introduced placed in front like I, yeah we're thinking it's thinking the same thing said right well it's like you said right if that experience your experience the halo experience had just been standalone like you would have gotten the same feeling from it right, right. and i think it's pretty natural what you, what you said about that like that if you've just gone through like a stealthy section and you come out and there's a bunch of enemies you're gonna be like oh i need to be stealthy again right but because of the way you had already experienced the rest of the level, you knew that wasn't the case. And the way this music came in, you knew that wasn't the case. Yeah. And so it even played with like your external expectations outside of even the game itself, just like your expectations about how games in general are. Like, this would be a stealth section, but because but they played with that, right? And there's this surprise element there that is really important. And so I think both of these point towards like the surprise element or just like this contrast, novelty. this novelty being yeah. really important, right? Yeah. I, I think you're right. The contrast. Like, I was telling you that waterfall was a thing. It was a thing. It was like very, even though there's like water before, it was just, you literally walk into like this crevice in the rock. It's not like super high or anything. It's just right in front of you. There's just like a spring coming out. It's like really intentionally right there. Yeah. You know one other thing I just thought of because I was thinking of this waterfall? So... In the first Halos, Bungie would do this thing where you would hit these more prominent checkpoints. They'd like um, display this little like text on the screen. That was it was almost like a chapter title. Okay. Um, and when you do this part, this where the waterfall's at, it's something off of like and the Halo people have to forgive me, but like it's like off over the rock, off the cliff, nothing but jackal. Like, it's, again, like, a playful kind of, like... There's, this is, like, the title sequence, basically, introducing little, this part. So, like, what happens, it, like, the gameplay is, like, you're walking, right? And you, like, hit this... I hit a point where, like, the Halos had, like, a really distinct, like, break when, like, it was rendering, like, loading up the next part. Like, you could feel the, like, the... the right. Whatever. The stutter there. and um, You feel that, the screen come... the This, like, little text just... Overlays. This sounds familiar. Yeah. In Halo One, uh, in CE, like it would do like kind of the whole theatrical like narrowing of screen, and like this the text would come yeah. across on the black part. This one was much more like casual. this one. This yeah, and I'm thinking I don't know if they I don't think they did the theatrical black thing in Halo Two. I might be wrong about that, but I think it was just the text. Interesting. And so it just like comes up. So it's again like kind of like like as you turn that corner, you're you see the jackal who is walking um, and you see the jackals walking around so it's again like it, like you're going to kick a bunch of jackals asses mm -hmm. like it just again all kind of playing together um, that's I think the thing that all these experiences seem to have in common is that all the elements are really intentionally um, crafting a experience like they're, right. they're all working together on an experience right, right? Um, like I was saying, the Halo ones, even the gameplay, like where how the AI reacts to you, which are just reacts to you always in level, but where it's placed and where you fall, and like everything is like set up to have this like badass experience, right? Because yeah. there's other parts in Halo, like Halo is definitely a lot like a, it's a power fantasy, right? Like kind of a style of a shooter, but 
there are parts, especially when the floods show up, where it makes you feel scared. Like, that's the intention. Mm-hmm. Um, the AI behave differently. They charge you. They don't, like, they don't give a shit about who you are, right? Mm-hmm. And the music's this terribly dissonant, like, like the high, like, terror kind of sounding shit, horror stuff. So, I don't know. There's... This level has a distinct character to it. And I, I actually... Th- another thing that I thought was common... I don't know about the Bioshock one, but definitely with this last one is the aesthetics. Well, the visual... Bioshock aesthetic. in general, it's like be- one of the most... Be- like In my opinion, one of the most beautiful games ever. And okay. the things I left out were all of the aesthetic things because okay. they're all spoilery. All spoilery. But, like, yes. So, and, uh, also, right? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. and we talked everything's working together for the experience, but... Yeah. Um, and you know what's interesting? So this makes me think about my third experience, actually. The third sure. one I was going to bring up, because it, I think it relates in a really interesting way to this. So my third experience is from the game The Witness. Okay. Um, the Witness is essentially another game Anthony hasn't played. Um, but Anthony doesn't like puzzle games very much, so it makes okay. more yeah. sense yeah. in this case. This case, I forgive you. Um, so in The Witness, basically the concept of the game is that there are these panels, and they have like a grid, and there's a circle, and you can click on the circle, and that lets you draw a line around the grid, and depending on what symbols exist in the grid, you basically have to draw the right line. Like, that's, like, literally the concept of the entire game. Okay. Um, the, uh, the entire game takes place in this beautiful world. The graphics are amazing. The Witness is, like, one of the most beautiful-looking games I've ever played. But literally, you're just walking around this environment to find these, like, panels, these black panels, so you can draw a line on them in the right way. Okay. Um, granted some of the puzzles that involve these panels are amazing, right? Like, there's a puzzle where you're, where, like, there's a goal in the, in the, in the panel, sort of, like, you can see, like, a spot you want to get to, basically, if you're drawing the right line. Um, And sometimes there's symbols that you, like, like, separate in a specific way, or whatever. It starts out that way. Like, there's, like, black and white things, and, oh, if I draw my line between the black and white things, I pass, right? And the game has no instruction, right? It's just, like, easy puzzles teaching you the mechanics for the harder versions. Yeah. Um... But then you get to like a point, like one of my favorite puzzles in the game, is where you get to this point where there's these trees behind you and the sun's behind those trees, and it's casting shadows on the panel, which you don't even really notice initially. You're just trying to draw these lines. Eventually you realize that actually the way to solve the puzzle is to, is to avoid the shadow of the tree with the line you're drawing on this grid. <laughs> That's cool. Right. Yeah. And there's other parts where there's like colors on the grid and you have to like stand behind these like tinted windows so that the, it looks different so you can see what the actual puzzle is. And like so it goes from these like very like internally focused puzzles where like you're just solving a, a, a puzzle with symbols in it on a grid to like the environment matter. There's one where like just, there's these bird chirps playing and those directly relate to what you have to do in the puzzle. Cool. Um and eventually and yeah, eventually you get to this point, you realize that like when you solve puzzles in specific areas, it points these lasers to the top of this mountain, and eventually you go at all of them, and you go to the top of this mountain. And, um, and so I, I think the way I experienced this next part is the intended way, but I actually was watching a YouTube video earlier of people experiencing this, and I've realized, and I'm not sure if they, this happened to them after this part and they just missed it, or they just you could do it the whole time and they just happened to find it earlier, that... Them finding it was really, like, they all were really hype about when they found this thing. But for me, the way I experienced it felt like it was the intended way. Um, And so what happens is that you get to the top of this mountain, and you solve, like, this one, this puzzle on, like, the top of the mountain to, like, open up the mountain. And then you go to the edge, and you, like, look up at the sky, because there's, like, this, like, 
thing that happens there, like the lasers are there or something, and it like directs you to look there. It like forces you, it like basically makes yeah. you do this, but you look at it and then you like realize that the clouds form the shape such that there's like a circle there and this line that you can trace. And then you click on the circle and it like works, but it plays this like way more intense deep sound than the sound you'd normally get when you're drawing on the grids. And then you draw this line like in the sky, in this like area where you find this pattern and it like completes and it makes this loud sound. And then this like, like trail shoots down to like an obelisk. And there's these obelisks all over the area that you have no idea what they are the whole game. And then this is like the reveal that like, oh, wait. So actually the whole time all I was doing was focusing on these grids, actually like these puzzles also exist just anywhere in the entire environment of the whole game. So like you can like you go and you're you're in this boat and you like look at the shore and oh wait, there's like a circular thing over there. I wonder and you like find the right angle and at that one angle you can then see like this circle and this complete line and you trace it and you get one. And like the yeah, scope yeah. of this is insane because I believe there are potentially more of these to find than, than there are actual it. puzzles in the yeah. whole game. That's cool. Um, and like so that moment is crazy and it was interesting to me because watching this YouTube video, I saw people discovering it not at this part on the top of the mountain where I think you're supposed to discover it. Okay. They were discovering it earlier because they just happened to see one of these circles and they were like, oh wait, that's weird. Why is that a circle? Oh. And they, they traced it and it well, worked. What happened then? The same thing, right? They obelisks. trace it, it works, it goes to the ob the obelisk right there, it just like moves to the obelisks. But oh. it wasn't like with this whole build up to this like mountain yeah. scene. Yeah. And so it was interesting because these people were still like very like excited about it. they're like whoa like what the hell like this is amazing like this is so cool that this is the case but it didn't seem as significant for them as it felt for me seeing it in the, like the, on like this mountain yeah. with like the whole environment around me um which is interesting right i'm i'll ask you why do you think so like in some of these other ones we're talking about it's really intentionally crafted, placed, blah, blah, blah. And I believed this was until I watched this YouTube video. Because, like, let's say it was. Right. This would almost be, like, a big bug, right? Like, right. And I guarantee you that is not the case. Exactly. I don't think so either based off of how you're describing this game. So, yeah, what do you... It's interesting, right? Because one way you could look... I'm just here. Like, what do you think, like, about it? Well, like, this game, this The Witness, is, like, all about discovery, right? And sure. The, that's, like, yeah. the whole point, right? Is to, like, figure these... Like, the whole point of the game is to figure this stuff out. I feel like you're... Like, you are the one figuring it out. Like, it yeah. doesn't tell you anything. You, like, walk around anywhere and can try and solve any puzzle at any time that you can get to, right? Yeah. And so, like... If you discover this, when you, like, I think that's what the developer, like, what yep. Jonathan Blow is the guy's name, what he wanted oh. was for you to to get to this point where you could just, like, do this and just, like, find it yourself, right? Like, it didn't, and maybe, like, he created this experience for you to have if you got to the mountain and had this happen. Yeah. But if you found it earlier, then you found it earlier, right? Like, he didn't care because you create the experience for yourself yeah, it's almost. it's like being true to what... To, the, to like, was. the whole yeah. core of the game. No, it's cool. Even beyond the fact that, like, in this game, you can find these, like, sheets of paper in secret rooms that have, like, a pattern on them. And if you find this one room and you draw this pattern on the circular thing, it shows you, like, videos of people giving, like, lectures about human, like, thought hmm. and, like, philosophy and, like, all this weird stuff. Yeah. I haven't even seen all of them because I haven't totally beaten the entire game. Um, but, like, so, like, there's all of this, like, underlying stuff about just, like, experience, like, within the game. Like, this game is basically all about experience, right? And experiencing, like, drawing these things, 
um, in like this eternal way and then realizing that the environment is involved and try to figure out how and just like expanding the experience out more and more until you're like, oh, the entire world is this this thing. It's it like it's very cool. Yeah. So uh, sorry, I got off on a tangent. No, no. What you what you're just talking about uh, about how so experiences like the actual gameplay experiences, right? Like our thing, um, but it is in a sense like like uh, like Jesse Shell talks about in the art the game of design lenses book. Uh, the, art the, the, the art of game design. Yes. Book of Lenses or something? Yeah. yeah, which is awesome. We highly recommend it to everybody. Definitely part of the inspiration of this topic, for sure. Uh, Agreed. That, um, like, the game itself is not the experience. It's the medium to the experience, right? Right. And so, like, what you said uh, about how he allows you to, like, in a sense, I'll, I'll say beat the game, even though it's not, like, not You know what I mean? Close. Like, beat, yeah, yeah. get obelisk. Just find this new <laughs> mechanic. Wrinkle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, finding this new wrinkle to, like, the world. The whole concept of the game, yeah. right? Um, plays to this, the experience that this whole thing elicits, like, what you're saying is that, like, you can, that you, I mean, you're the one that solves these things. I, I don't know, how would you describe that experience? Like, I haven't, I haven't played, I'm right. guessing. Well, but I think it's crazy it? that, like, this experience is literally the experience of drawing a line. Right? Like, that, at its rudimentary, like, most basic description, yeah, like the level. gameplay is literally clicking and dragging to draw a line, right? right? And to elevate something like that to, like, such a significant experience, I think really calls to, like, what you're saying. That, like, it's not the game, like, right. the game isn't the experience, it's everything around it. Because the game here is literally drawing a line, and that's not fun for anyone in any normal scenario, necessarily, without, like, some intention behind it, right? So... The fact, like, that's what I think is so cool here. That, and that's this whole game. It elevated, like, drawing lines to something way beyond that. That Which, if you would summarize, is what was that thing way beyond that? It's like, it just makes it matter way more, I think, to you, right? Like, What do you mean? What matter more? Solving these puzzles. They, like, usually puzzle games in general are just like, you beat level after level of puzzles, right. and you're solving them. Right. But this, it, like, immersed you, right? It's like, wow, I am, like, I am in the puzzle. The whole thing is the puzzle, right? And so... The autonomy aspect sounds like something that's maybe kind of novel to a puzzle game. Right, yeah, it's not very common. I mean, it is not... All puzzle games have autonomy in the sense that your goal is to figure out this puzzle on your own. Mm -hmm. But this just, like, took that and amplified it, right? To, like, you're figuring out what what the puzzle even is. Not only that, like, solving yeah. the puzzle, but that there is even a puzzle there at all. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. That's just very interesting to me. And the fact that, like, different people experienced this in different ways than I did and still, like, got, perceived it so coolly and, like, found it is, is really unique, I think. Is there a narrative to this? At all? Not really. There's no. this philosophy. There's like these things videos. you can find, but yeah. oh, and like there's progression because as you solve puzzles in these areas, this mountain opens up, and then the mountain is like the the final, what like the end game sort of like beating the mountain feels like being the game. Although there's way more to it than that. There's no like sim symbology. Sim 
What's the, you, like an implied narrative? Yeah. There's not like no. the mountain somehow is like a thing. It feels like the end goal, but you don't know why or anything sure. like that. There's not, and it doesn't even feel like it's necessary because just like the, to me at least, the novelty of like how unique these puzzles were and how they kept expanding outward and outward was enough motivation to not even need like a reason why beyond that. When those, sorry, when those people figure out the non-mountain way yeah. does it also play the same sounds yes yeah 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 it plays this like way louder way more intense version of the normal sound you get because like the sound you hear when you normally draw lines are like and this sounds like <laughs> <laughs> uh is there music in this game yeah 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 is there music in this part that you I think distinctly... so i believe there was well no actually i don't think there was i think it was just this like sound which is also cool. The absence yeah. of music, let's say it is, there's absence of music. Uh, it's hard for me to remember actually how what the music in this game was like, but yeah. No, it's cool. Like it it could be a thing in itself. Like because some themes that seem to be presenting itself at this game is all about like it doesn't tell you how to experience the experience. Right. You choose how to experience the experience. Totally. I mean, you can skip the like tutorial some of the, like you can go to a puzzle that you have no idea what any of the symbols mean and just try and like hammer on it until you figure it out without finding the part that teaches you how to do the puzzle. And well, the game doesn't care. So from that perspective, the absence of music is also true to its intention, right? Because like like we've talked about how definitely there's melodic structure, harmonic structure that can make you feel something by default. Like the I mean like maybe for a person from a different culture or something like feels it a little different. Sure. But like, um, for me, there's commonalities, right? And right. So if he plays a a major happy chord there, it's gonna make me feel like that, right? Like, yeah, it does, yeah, it has no music. I mean? The whole game has no music. That's actually what it is. Though. So th- that's uh, it has no soundtrack. For what it's worth, like that would also probably it'd be even harder for me to play that game. Right. Like, yes. Um, there was an ambient soundtrack, but it was removed, as quote Jonathan Blow says, "The Witness is a game about being perceptive, noticing subtleties in the puzzles you find, noticing details in the world around you. If we slather on a layer of music that is just arbitrarily playing and not really coming from the world, then we're adding a layer of stuff that works against the game. It'd be like a layer of insulation that you have to hear through in order to be more present in the world." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, which is cool. Um, which is actually super in tune with how I feel about music in games a lot of the times. Like, if the music naturally comes from something, I'm so more, much more into it than just, like, arbitrary cinematic music. Uh-huh. So, like, I think this, like, Halo part, for example, you're describing would actually potentially be less significant for me because yeah. of that tendency. Because that's how it would feel. Like, all the Bioshock games, the majority of the music that plays, a lot of the time comes from something in the world. Like in Bioshock 1, there's times where you're in this, like, boat, and it, the music's coming from the speakers in the boat. Or in Bioshock Infinite, there's this part at the beginning where mm-hmm. there's this, like, barbershop quartet singing in, like, the corner that is, like, the music for that sequence. There's also other music that plays, though. There is soundtrack-based yeah, yeah, yeah. music throughout that game, but just these moments where the music comes from the game adds so much for me, personally. Yeah, it's, it's because I'm way more immersed because of it. That's very interesting. I, uh, it... Some... Uh, so recently in Red Dead Redemption 2 like there were moments where there's just in in the scene music and somebody's yeah. playing a piano or something and that feels so different to me like 
Um, well, it sounds like this like you know? external versus internal soundtrack thing almost is really significant for you, right? Like, right, right. Like, uh, and I think about some of the other games where things like that stand out, um, and the, the and like that's a whole discussion. Music, I would talk forever just uh, yeah. about music, but definitely meaning the absence. Yeah, yeah, the absence of it in this particular game. I don't know. Uh, from what he, was said, there's really cool. I I think that's that's great that. Like, this whole game sounds, like, just really well-designed. Really I mean, it, it was a development for, like, ten years or yeah, something. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's not like I don't know it. Everything I've seen about it right. is just that it's a phenomenal game and yeah. stuff. I, um, so, yeah, like, I, I just wanted to call that out because one thing, at least, that was similar in the experiences previously, music, aesthetics, I think this is a nice, pretty game, right? Like Beautiful. Yeah, it's, if I, I think I've seen pictures of yeah, it. Yeah, it's a pretty game. Beautiful. So, maybe the aesthetics are there and they don't hurt from they actually play it sounds like a big part of like his intention of perceiving you know the world yeah. right and this beautiful environment and i think like the fact that you're solving these puzzles on these grids in this beautiful environment is actually like, very significant to his intention of the game especially once you are able to transition from the fact that you're solving puzzles on grids to solving puzzles within this like beautiful environment instead. like if somehow like music was present in a way that played into the puzzles maybe it would and there are sense. puzzles where there is sound sound right so like yeah that's cool. Um, anyway, I can appreciate the lack of it also from that experience perspective. Like, I think another thing that like if, an okay visual. Yeah 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 like, yeah. This is right. the game I was yeah, thinking yeah. of. Yeah, very pretty. Uh, if the music was there, um, in any capacity, even ambient, right. it makes you feel something. Like you know what I mean? And I. At least for me personally, like the way hear, hearing it from you is like, it, it really sounds like you ex, you determine how you experience the experience. It's not really, uh, you, you like he's saying, uh, come to understand how to perceive the world. You're not told how to perceive the world. And I actually probably like actively resist when I am in a lot of situations. Told. Right. Right. And like, I, I, I think it, depending on how it's executed, it can work both ways. Like. In the Halo one, I think some of the strength is that it's this, the experience, it's a li- like I was telling you, the constant theme for me as a player playing it, even with the mechanics and the music, whatever, is that hyper-lethal, secret agent kind of a feel in that level, and that's the experience, like, and the music plays into that. And then there's other times uh, in other games, even um, in, like, I have some of the, like the more recent Halos in mind, where the music is more like, like the background of a movie right. scene, mm-hmm. and um, that does less for me. Like, right? Um, you know what game I feel you're like making I'm, me think of? What is Doom? The, the That's Doom, how it you Doom. feel. No, I'm saying that game is a game where I do get a positive experience from like the internal soundtrack music, right? That, I, I that think really helps. Power fantasy yeah. games, maybe. Are are these kinds of games that really benefit from this thing, yep. right? Because Maybe. in this like power fantasy, because of like I guess our societal aspect, like of course there's gonna be some epic music playing, right? Because you're like. Because that's what happens, right? Right. So maybe in those situations, it's really effective. Yeah. But then that that begs the question: like, why was the Last of Us experience? Why was I okay with the music there? Like, why was that so? And maybe that's because it felt more like I was watching a movie than playing a game. The Last of Us was really like that. Like, it had these moments that were like, I'm watching this movie, for, and I'm immersed in that, like, experience, yeah. rather than, like, 
it's me deciding the experience for me. And maybe I, you just have to decide whether you're going to like let it take the front seat or the back seat for your experience. Yeah. No, I I think it's become clear we'll eventually have to do a music one. <laughs> or like a hundred <laughs> music and music games ones. or something. And honestly, experience is going to come out all uh, I think like, anytime you talk about games, experience is, uh, is like there. Yeah. In, somewhere in, in, some in the way. conversation. Um, so... Anyway, but this was this was cool. I thought this was interesting. I think, you know, people are listening to this. Like, we love to hear the experiences people have had, prominent times in games that they found uh, interesting. You know, hit us up on Twitter or something and let us. Yeah, Twitter at Kale Koala ENT. Kale Koala ENT. Yeah, because somebody had Kale Koala Entertainment. It's like, come on. That's rude. They actually like were totally checked out too. I don't think they signed into Twitter for a while. Anyway, um, you can give it back to us whenever you feel like. Yeah, hit us up there. Also, I don't know if it'll be up when this goes up, but if it is, then hit us up on Discord. We'll yes. put a link in the podcast description, or you can go to our website, which may also exist at that time. <laughs> I'll edit these out if they don't. Yeah, and um, that's yeah. Ko Koala Entertainment dot com. Yeah, and and let us know. Let us know what your favorite experiences are, why, if you thought that some of the elements we talked about were consistent in your experiences, the music, the aesthetics, if you, you know, after like hearing our discussion, feel the same, that these elements kind of all work together, sometimes intentionally emitted, like in The Witness, yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, And tell me, if you're one of those people who hates Bioshock Infinite or the ending of it, tell me why, please. I'm very, I've had arguments with a few people about it and they've never gone anywhere. But yeah, but I'm I'm always curious for people who, especially the ending and why like why that wasn't a good experience for you. I'd be very interested to hear that. So cool. Well, until next time. Yeah. This is we'll see we'll see you next time. We'll have some other kind of juicy stuff. Yeah. We'll talk I, about. I, yeah, I'm not sure what, what we'll talk about, There's but we have lots stuff. of lots of in- topics to talk about. If there's any topics you guys think would be interesting, let us know. But yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. See we'll you see later. you next time. Yep. Thank you.